Good morning, Life Change. How are you today? Good. Morning, Zoom. Morning, Zoom. There's lots of people enjoying the sunshine today. We are not very full this morning. But for those who came, praise the Lord. All right, Psalm 92. Love this psalm. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night with the ten-stringed lute and with the harp, with resounding music upon the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done, and I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. Hmm. Father, thank you so much for your word and thank you for bringing us together today so we can worship you. We can lift your name on high, that we can fellowship together. We can hear your word. And I just praise you and thank you so much that we can be together today. Yes. And so help us, Holy Spirit, to lift your name on high yes. and to sing with gladness and joy. Mm -hmm. I praise you and I thank you in Jesus' precious name. Yes. Amen. 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 I come and rescued my soul. My sins I believe. I know he's rescued my soul. I believe. I believe. 
I just couldn't stop. <laughs> well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Isn't that sunshine wonderful? So I needed that book right there for you. Okay. Um, okay, we are going to have, we had lots of leftovers last night. So after service, we're going to share them with you. If you'd like to stay and have some before you go home, watch Super Bowl um tuesday evening we're having prayer and worship in the fellowship hall we had an awesome time tuesday night Woo, the lord amazing things um wednesday morning we have bible study at doris's home please read your bulletin all the information is in there and you can take it home put it on your fridge so you remember what's happening boop, boop. uh her address is on the bulletin and then Wednesday evening, we're at Glenn and Wendy's home, and that's at 6 p.m. Friday, the Crusaders will be meeting from 6 to 9. A glow is the third Monday of the month at 6 p.m. We meet in the fellowship hall of worship and prayer. And copies of the chronological reading is back there on that little table just underneath the screen. February 12th, today, after the potluck. We'll watch the chosen episode seven and eight, if anybody would like to stay to do that. And the first Saturday of each month will be outreach in the fellowship hall starting at nine. Okay. Um, and then uh, on the chairs are the communication cards. If you have a praise report or a prayer request, please put those on there so that we can rejoice with you and pray with you. Mm -hmm. and uh i think that oh i think that's it 
except for um, thank you to all who helped us last night with the Valentine's banquet. I really appreciated your help. Today, we're going to pray for Nahalem Valley United Methodist Church, Pastor Steve Wolf. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. and we thank you and praise you that you are right here with us. And we pray the same for Nahalem Valley United Methodist Church. Mm -hmm. Father, let your presence just fall upon that place and change them from glory to glory like you're doing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Wrestle with the shame waters into the sea. And nothing else but It is your love that does Yeah. Heaven. Sound you are, you're me. I see. 
So I want to sing that one more time. I will be. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
Jesus, you are the Lamb of God. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for rising so we could be with you forever. Thank you. You've made us glad and we can rejoice and have joy and we can be thankful and grateful because of all you do and all you've done and how much you love us. And so, Father, I just thank you. Thank you for the worship here today. And Father, I pray for Pastor as he delivers his message that you have given him, that nothing would impede what you would have to say to us through Pastor. And Lord, I pray that we can just devour your word and your message to us deep into our spirits like the choicest of food and put it to good use in our body and our lives and our souls and our spirits and let it flow out of this church and just spread to everyone we touch. And Father, I just praise you and thank you for that, for letting us do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Uh, so I have. <laughs> okay, since October, I've been having some issues with my back. I have scoliosis and I always have structural problems. Well, anyway, I thought it was just sciatica because I've had that before. So I went through my regular exercises that I did for my for it, and it just wouldn't go away. So in November, I went to see the doctor, and she gave me, she checked me out and said that it appeared to be structural. So I continued to work on trying to do the exercises and get over it, but it just nothing seemed to be helping. And then it just got worse and worse, and then it started with tingling and weird sensations down my leg and it felt like somebody was pouring icy water over the backs of my legs and I couldn't sleep and I started interfering with all my sleep and it was really hard and it just didn't get better and so I once again I I don't like to go to the doctor so I finally called the doctor again and said I think I need a back x-ray or something and so uh, the other day, on Wednesday, when I went to a Bible study at Doris's house, which has been wonderful. Anyway, went to Bible study, and while we were there, Jeannie was leading uh, the group that day, and she said, well, let's, should, do we have any people that need prayer today or any issues? And I ordinarily don't ever say anything. I'm usually pretty closed mouth, but I had been struggling. So I said, well, yeah, I've been having some problems with my back. So she said, well, let's all join hands and pray. So we all joined hands and prayed. And uh, I went home and everything was good. And I got up the next day and all the pain was gone from my back. <laughs> and I, I mean, there was no other explanation for it besides the fact that we had all prayed. I mean, I kept thinking, well, but there was, it's just a blessing from the Lord. And I, anyway, I just wanted to let everybody know that he works miracles and he could do it anytime to yeah. anybody. So 
he did it for me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In case anybody else needs to share. <clears throat> It's a, it's a, it, it's just remarkable how God works in our lives, and uh, sometimes He comes out of the blue, and we just don't, you know, it, it's hard to figure out sometimes. Scripture says Jesus said that the Spirit goes where He wants to, and we don't know where He's coming from or where He's going, but He touches certain people at certain times. But this is what I know: we have not because we ask not. And so, if we keep asking, if we keep pursuing. And one of the things that we've been talking about in this in the last several weeks is pursuing God in the, in faith, and that's what's been taking place, or that's what took place with Donita. Uh, did you know that you would never have been healed if you didn't ask for prayer? You have not because you ask not, and then people come around and they pray for you, and then God does He shows up. He uh, He's remarkable in that way. And what we have to get better at doing is listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying and then moving in that stream. Uh, so I, I brought Grandy up here this morning. <clears throat> he like, Usually he's up here on the fifth Sunday, but I didn't have time for him. I didn't have time for him last week. And he said, Brad, in two weeks. So uh, I'll bring Grandy up and then we will continue to talk about faith. <clears throat> well, hello, Grandy. Oh, hello. Are you letting me out today? Yes, I'm letting you out today. I'm so glad. My goodness, it's been a long time. It's so good to see you. How are you? Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Hey, I heard some new facts you might be interested in. Well, the fact is, I heard that women who gain weight or wives who gain weight live longer than their husbands who mention it. <laughs> well, hanging Valentine's Day. I love you. And you. Well, thank you, Grandy. I love you, too. I'm so glad I'm in here with you. Uh, I like to tell some stories I find in God's Word. And, uh, and you might have heard this one, but it kind of goes along with what he has to say this morning. So I hope you're here with me. Did did you ever hear me tell the story of Samuel? 
a few of you have. So I'm going to tell it again. One day, Grandy, why don't you let me tell the story and you pretend like you're Samuel? Think we can do that? Well, I hope so. We can try. Okay. So Samuel, his mom's name was Hannah. That's my mother. And, and his mother could not have any children. And so she went to the temple one day where Eli was the pastor. And he told, she was crying out to the Lord and praying and, and asking the Lord for a son. And so Eli came by and saw her praying. And, and when Hannah shared with him what she was praying for, he said, God's going to give you your requests. And she went home and she was excited. She made a promise to the Lord. And she said, uh, if, if you give me a son, it's me. Then I will give him back to you. And so, sometime later, Hannah's prayer was answered. And so after the prayer was answered, she brought Samuel back to Eli and brought him to the priest and said, I'm going to leave Samuel with you. What? Leave me with him? I don't want to stay. But Samuel, I promised God that I would give him, give you to him if he would give me a child, a son. But I don't want to stay. I want to go home with you, mother. But I promise God, and I've got to keep my promises to God. It's, it's very important that I keep those promises. Are you going to come see me? Yes, Samuel, I'll come see you. Are you going to bring me some presents? Yes, I'll bring you some presents. Okay, mother, so long. So Hannah left. And every year, she would come back and visit Samuel and bring him some presents and, and give those to him. And, oh, I love those presents. I love my mother, too. I love those presents. And then Samuel grew up in the temple, and he continued to grow up. And, and as he was growing, and uh, where did you sleep? Oh, I slept there near the Holy of Holies. Oh, it was wonderful. I felt the presence of God, dear. That's my favorite place to sleep. And then one night you went to sleep, and what happened? I went to sleep. In, in. Actually, he heard a voice. Randy. Hmm. And she looks at me, Samuel. Oh, yeah. Samuel. Hmm. And so Samuel didn't know who it was, so he ran into Eli's bedroom. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Eli. Uh, what do you want? What do you mean, what I want? Well, you were calling me. I wasn't calling you. 
Oh, yes, you are. You're not supposed to lie. <laughs> Samuel, I'm not lying. It, you, uh, you must have been dreaming. You would go back and go to sleep, and then uh, and everything would be okay. Are you sure? I'm sure. So Samuel went back, and he went to sleep. Then he heard the voice again. Samuel. Samuel. So he ran back to Mr. Eli. Yes, Mr. Eli, what do you want? I don't want anything, Samuel. Uh, what's going on? You just keep calling my name and, and, and I come in here and you say it's not you and I don't know what's going on. Why don't you go get some goat's milk? Yuck. <laughs> go back to bed and go to sleep. And, uh, are you sure? Yes. Yeah, I think you're just having a bad dream. Okay. So he goes back to bed. And he goes to sleep. And he hears the voice again. Samuel. Samuel. Goes back to see Eli. The third time. Mr. Eli. What, Samuel? You can't sleep again? No, I can't sleep. Someone keeps calling my name. And I can't sleep with someone calling my name. And then it dawned on Eli. Samuel, that's God who's talking to you. God? Oh, no. What did I do? I mean, I couldn't I'll tell you what. God wants to talk to you. What do I say? Well, whenever you hear God's voice, you just need to tell him, speak, Lord, or your servant hears. That's all I've got to do. That's all you've got to do. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. So Samuel went back and he went to bed and went to sleep. Oh, no, I didn't. Yes, you did go. To, no, I did. You know, I wanted to see what God looks like. But you know what? You finally went to sleep. I did? Yes, you did. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. His eyes did get heavy. Finally, he went to sleep. Then the voice again. Samuel. Samuel. Oh, talk to me, God. Because I'm listening. And you know what God talked to Samuel that morning, early morning, and and. Samuel's life was changed, uh, transformed. He was never the same because of not only hearing God's voice, but obeying what God had for him. <clears throat> well, thank you, Samuel. You're welcome. Well, it's good to see you. I'll see you next time. It's so long. <laughs> So have you ever heard God speak to you?
know, there's a lot of people who think that God doesn't speak. It's only through his word that he speaks. But here's what I have come to understand, that God wants to speak to every one of us. God wants to, his spirit speaks in ways that our spirit can understand that. And we need to be open to and hearing what he has to say. Uh, a lot of people think that the only way God speaks is through his word. Now, his word is very important. <clears throat> when our, his spirit speaks to us, we need to make sure it lines up with what God says. And not just something that we're thinking or something that we're hoping, but something that God has spoken in his word. There's a lot of people, so two, two extremes. One extreme is Dr. There's a fellow named Dr. Gary Friesen who wrote a book in 1980, and uh, <clears throat> the book is called "Decision Making in the Will of God: A Biblical Alternative to the Traditional View." Now, the traditional view was that, or is that, God communicates to each one of us that He has a specific plan for our lives, and that He wants to reveal that plan to us. That's the traditional view. Uh, Gary Friesen wrote this book, and basically his view is that each person should base their decisions on the way of wisdom. Each person should read the Bible, get specific, uh, and whenever God uses specific commands or principles, follow those commands or principles. Uh, but the rest is kind of left up to you. If there's nothing specific mentioned in Scripture, if there's nothing specific, no commands, no principles, then you just can do your own thing, make your own decisions if the Lord has not uh, spoken specifically in Scripture. Um, now, I want to make admit that it's a whole lot better to follow the principles, even if God hasn't spoken to you specifically about certain issues. It's a whole lot better to follow the principles than it is to follow what the world is teaching today, okay? Uh, so uh, let me just say that to begin with. When I was, uh, <clears throat> right after I became a Christian, I began reading scripture. And the, my understanding at that time was that God only spoke through scripture and not through the Holy Spirit. His idea or his, his processing, my processing was that I read scripture and get those basic ideas and just kind of follow what I understood scripture to say, which is good. But then I ran across some scripture and you know, this was not in the, on the overhead. Uh, John 10, 10, I'm sorry, John 10, Verse 3, uh, as I was reading, uh, Scripture says to him, and talking about Jesus, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Now, who are the sheep? Who's the shepherd? And so as I was reading that, I'm thinking, Lord, I don't know your voice from anybody else's voice. If I'm your sheep, I ought to be able to hear when the shepherd calls. I ought to be able to hear what the shepherd is saying to each of us. 
I've been approached by two or three people this week and said, I've got some decisions to make in my life, and I don't know what decisions to make. Uh, all of them are good decisions. All of them are biblically based, but I believe that God has a specific way that I'm to go, and I need God's answer about these things, okay? And some of all of us get to that place sometime. It could be uh, a marriage relationship. It could be uh, relationships, or it could be a job situation. It could be a lot of things. So in, in the beginning of my Christian life, I'm kind of wrestling with what should I do? How should I operate with understanding that God has a, a, a specific plan and that I need to listen to his spirit because I didn't have that connection with him at that time. If you, again, in John chapter 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me as well. And so, you know, trying to follow, and I, there's a lot of other scriptures that I will bring up in, in, in other weeks and other weeks to come, but for me, that this was kind of like a struggle that I had to go through to figure out if God was really wanting to speak to me or not. Uh, again, early in my Christian life, <clears throat> I had the opportunity, I, I was invited, well, Grandy was invited to go to Lima, Peru. Okay. And because I was his owner, I got to tag along. And so I uh, was in a revival in uh, Orofino, Idaho. The pastor there was Gary uh, Grover Garrett, and he asked me to come along to Lima, Peru with him. And uh, I asked him how much it would cost, and it was $2,200 for the plane fare. And uh, I said I would pray about it. Well, I was making $100 a week at the time, uh, serving as a youth and music minister. And uh, it, it's like, you know what, there's no, I didn't even pray about it, honestly. So there was no way I could go to Lima, Peru. <clears throat> And so, uh, anyway, he would call periodically and, and uh, told him I didn't have the money. And so he would keep calling and keep calling and keep calling. One day, probably a month before we were to leave in mid-May, he called me, or I'm sorry, Cynthia uh, was going through the house and she said, Brad, why don't you want to go to Lima, Peru? And when she said that, immediately I knew that's what I was supposed to do. It's kind of, and I don't know if you've had that or not. I mean, the Holy Spirit just drops something in your heart and you just know that you know that you know that you know that's what you ought to do, okay? And so uh, she asked me that and I don't know, we hadn't even been talking about it. We haven't been discussing it. But she, when she asked that question, I knew that's what I should do. So I called Grover Garrett and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going with you. He said, do you have the money? I said, no, not yet. And so I began, so I told my pastor, at the time I was serving as youth minister in Odell, Oregon, and I asked my, I told my pastor, I said, I'd, uh, I feel like God wants me to go to Lima, Peru, and he said, how much is it going to cost? And uh, I told him $2,200, and he chuckled, 
and I chuckled. Okay? He said, well, well, this is on a Sunday. He said, we'll take up a special love offering for you tonight. I said, okay. So we took up a special love offering for me on uh, Sunday night, and do and you know how much we took up? $45. <clears throat> it was just enough to get my passport. So I went and got my passport. And uh, then began packing my suitcase full of gifts that I was to give to the missionaries and other people. Because okay. I, I knew that's what God wanted me to do. So every week he would call and say, Brad, uh, do you have your money? I said, no. Not. You know, I was so convinced that's what God wanted me to do. I was going to go to the airport and wait for a ticket. <clears throat> Somebody to give me. Because I just knew that I knew that I knew that's what God wanted me to do. So the Sunday night before we, I was to get on the plane on Wednesday, he called me and he said, Brad, do you have your ticket? Or do you have the money? I said, no, I don't have the money yet. He said, well, you know, I've been, we have been trying to sell a house in Denver, Colorado for 10 years. It's closing on Wednesday. I want you to be at the airport. And I'll pay your ticket. I'll buy your ticket. <clears throat> and I look at that, and I see that God waited 10 years for a house to sell so that I could go to Peru. Isn't that incredible? Sometimes when God tells you to do things, it's not the easiest thing to do. Sometimes there's hurdles that you have to cross to get there. Sometimes it may affect relationships when you do those things. If you, if you were to read the rest of Samuel's story, as a matter of fact, if you have your Bibles, and I'm not really staying with my outline today, as you can tell, uh, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. <clears throat> And so, Grandy uh, just told the story, uh, the first part of that, and then verse 10, I'll start with verse 9, Eli said to Samuel in verse chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak Lord for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and he stood and called us as other times, and Samuel, Samuel, Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. And the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel laid down until morning. He probably didn't go back to sleep. 
He lay down in the morning, the morning, and as his was his custom, he opened the doors of the temple and or the tabernacle, the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. And Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. He said, what's the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. So, Eli had raised Samuel. Samuel loved Eli very much. Eli loved Samuel as his own son. The backstory is that Eli had two sons, biological sons, that were to be priests and they were supposed to help with the, the offerings and things that, and sacrifices that came into the tabernacle. And, and yet his two sons were disobedient to the Lord. And so because of their disobedience, God said, they're not going to serve me. I'm going to raise up Samuel to do it. What they were responsible for, what they were supposed to have done, I'm going to raise up Samuel to take over their offices that your son should have taken over. God told Samuel this, and Samuel was just a young kid. And then Eli says, Samuel, what did God tell you? How do you think Eli, or Samuel felt? He was afraid. He didn't want to hurt his dad. A lot of things, stumbling blocks that would keep him from being obedient to the Lord. A lot of times when the Lord asks you to do something, there's going to be stumbling blocks. When the Lord asks you to do something, there's going to be things, some roadblocks that you're going to have to cross over. When Moses was at the Red Sea, God said to Moses, Stretch out your staff. Now Moses was at the Red Sea, didn't know how he was going to cross, didn't know what he was going to do. If you remember, there was a cloud by day, fire by night. God had told him, follow the cloud in the day, follow the fire at night, uh, follow the cloud. Follow the cloud. Well, when they got to the Red Sea, the cloud just kept going over the Red Sea. And Moses didn't know what to do because the cloud was leaving and he was still here. And it's like, God, what do I do? He said, go across the Red Sea. I told you to follow the cloud. Told you to follow the Spirit. He didn't understand. Of course, God had to give him more instruction. Had to part the Red Sea for him to get across. Now, he could have said, we're doomed. We can't go any further because there's a roadblock. When the Lord tells you to do something, there's always going to be roadblocks. And so you just need to keep going anyway. Make sure it's what the Lord tells you to do and just keep going. Some of you have some decisions to make. And you think it's going to affect relationships if you do what you feel like God's going to do, tell you to do. And I'm telling you, just do what God says. 
let God be God in those other situations. Let God do his thing. And you'll be amazed at how he can work things out that you can't figure out yourself. Okay? We need to get better at listening to what the Spirit is saying. There's another extreme in regards to, there's one extreme about God doesn't speak to us except through his word. I want to ask you a question. What kind of loving person would just leave you a letter and say, if you want to know anything about me, just read my letter. If you want to know how much I love you, just read my letter. Just keep, you know, if you begin doubting my love for you, just read my letter. Uh, who would do that? God is not that kind of God. God is, an, a, a, God is a personal God. And he wants to be personally involved in every decision that we make. Um, <clears throat> the other extreme is that there are those who say God told them, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but it doesn't line up with Scripture. I've heard stories of men and women who said, you know, I'm not happy in marriage, therefore God must want me to divorce my spouse. Because God wants me to be happy. Does God want you to be happy? Of course he does. However, the option of divorcing your wife or your husband is not on the table. What if, so Jesus said this about divorce. The Pharisees came to him and said, Moses gave us, told us to, that we could have a, a, a divorce. And, and what do you say? And, and Jesus said this. The only reason Moses gave you that permission is because you're hard-hearted. Because there's, you have a hard heart. So here's what I would say. If you're having a difficult situation in your marriage, perhaps there's an issue with your heart that needs to be addressed. Maybe. God wants you to be happy with the spouse you have, but the only way you're going to do that is get your heart right. You think? So God's not going to tell you to do something that's contrary to his word. Throughout history, there have been charismatic leaders uh, who said, God told me to do this, that, or the other thing. I mean, from ancient times, even from Jesus' day until the present time. Okay? Uh, in 55 AD, a pagan priest, Montanus, converted to Christianity. He was a very charismatic leader, soon uh, had prophetesses, two of them, Priscilla and Maximilia. And they shared that this trio were the spiritual elite. Uh, he based his theology and practice not on scripture, but through the revelations that he said that were given to him through the Holy Spirit. Uh, he was rejected by the church, of course. Uh, during the Protestant Reformation, uh, there were many charismatic leaders who had and reformers who attracted large followings, uh, many of which were charlatans. There was one named Buchels, uh, who, whose visions refuted scripture. He said that 
Uh, God had told him that it's okay to have polygam uh, uh, polygamous marriages. Um, and he also said that an invading army would not overrun the people of Munster, uh, but he was wrong and was killed in that process. You may have heard of Vernon Howell, who was a devout follower of God. His grandmother reported that he would, she would often go to his room and he would be kneeling to his bed and praying. Um, but he, he was a Seventh-day Adventist and became increasingly dissatisfied with the traditional Christianity. He joined a radical offshoot of his denomination uh, called the Branch Davidians. He assumed the name David Cor Cor Koresh. Koresh. Uh, he, he gathered disciples and at a commune in Waco, Texas, became self-proclaimed King David with a harem of women who made up the house of David. Uh, and after a shootout with federal agents on February 28, 1993, they barricaded themselves in the, inside the commune. And finally, on April the 19th, the federal agents stored the complex and quickly caught fire uh, that the the complex quickly caught fire, killing most of the occupants. And we could go on and on. You probably, if you're old enough, you probably remember that, uh, David Koresh. Uh, so, back to the question. Does God care enough to talk to us individually? Of course he does. John 16, 13 says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. Um, and the spirit of truth, who is the spirit of truth? The Holy Spirit. Do you think there are truths that he wants to share with you that are not written in this word? Do you think there are truths that he wants to share with you? If you, let's just say you have a, a decision to make about who to marry. Do you think God cares about that? Okay, definitely he does. He cares about your life. He cares about you as an individual. Uh, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit was coming after his departure. One of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to guide you into all truth. It's one of his responsibilities. Not to some truth, but to all truth. Uh, the New Age movement talks about a spiritual guide. You become one with the universe. You get to a place where you're willing to invite a spirit to guide your life. And the spirit that person is inhabited with is not the Holy Spirit but an unholy spirit. It's either a demon or a life force to bring glory not to God, but glory to oneself. Okay? However, and, and this spirit encourages self-enthronement rather than lifting Jesus higher. This spirit guide will not lead you to truth or life, but to lies and eventually death. In time, a spirit of death 
will come upon you and cause you to harm yourself and possibly others, even to the point of killing yourself. Did you know drugs can have the same effect? Uh, when, when a person is involved in drugs, they're actually inviting spirits into their bodies to be guides for them. And they make horrible decisions in a state of uh, mental chaos because that's what takes place uh, when people do drugs. I'm going to stop here. Uh, there's a lot. I don't feel like I'm really conveying what I need to convey. Uh, and why don't we just take some time and pray? And if the Lord lays upon you uh, a need that you have, that you need answer from the Lord, then I'd like for you to come forward and I can pray for you. If there's something that God has been sharing, dealing with you in, and you want to share that, then I'm going to leave this open for you to share. Okay? So, Father, I come before you. Lord, I... I just, I know that your spirit wants to lead us and guide us and direct us in the way that we're to go. And Lord, I don't feel like I've been able to convey that as well as I should have. So Lord, I'm just asking you today to have your will and your way in this service. I pray, Lord, that you would take this time, speak to our hearts. Lord, there's some here today who've had questions about what they're to do. I'm asking you, oh Lord, just to reveal truth to them through your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would uh, guide us, not just as individuals, but as a church as well. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' holy name. I'm going to ask our worship team to come forward, and if you would, to begin playing. And um, again, if there's some of you who feel like the Lord has laid upon your heart that you need to share, then please. Let's stand together as we sing. <coughs> Oh,
You deserve my breath, my soul.
finish up the story, Pharaoh told Eli everything that Bethany told to him. And Eli said, it is the Lord, let him drink up food for the people. So, Pastor, is your mic off? Start at the beginning. Don't be afraid of what others may say. Or if you heard their feelings. Or if they just don't know it's true. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they can read in the spirit and do what the spirit says. We just have to trust the Lord with that situation. Okay. Ready? Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, what do we have here? I'm not sure how this is going to come out. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Yep. Hold it. Um, it, it's along the line how we need each other in the church and we need our brothers and sisters, especially in these times, uh, more so. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to say this. Um, my wife and I had a, uh, a tremendous need. And so we made a, a decision to, uh, a series of decisions to obey God. And uh, and then it left us with a bigger need. <laughs> um, and so uh, someone in this church, I'm not going to mention any names and embarrass anybody, but someone in this church who I don't even think they knew the need that we had made a radical, no, I don't think they even knew what the need was. And mm -hmm. they made a radical decision of obedience to God and blessed us with something that just brought us to tears <laughs> and it was so personal and so specific and so large that it took care of that need that we had in such a uh incredible way i i still think this person might be an angel i'm not sure if they're a human or not but uh, that's still debatable but uh i just wanted to give god glory that I guess what I'm trying to say is um, radical obedience. Uh, God told this person to do something, and they just went and did it. And I'm still blown away that they could make such a large gift like that wow. uh, without even knowing we had that need. So God is so real. <laughs> and um, yeah, just wanted to give God, I couldn't, and my wife wouldn't let me either not give God glory before we left the service this morning. Amen. Amen. Does anyone else need to share? Well, I wouldn't have if Alan hadn't gotten up, but I was really sick with COVID. I don't know when. And I'd gotten better, I thought, and then something happened, and I got really bad. And if it hadn't been for Lori and Alan stopping by with hydrochloroquine, I might have gotten better anyway. But that's how important it is to be part of the body of Christ and help right. each other. Thank you.
Sandra. Well, some of you know about this, but I have a friend and she was diagnosed with melanoma in her face and I was praying for her for intercessory prayer a lot and and she had the first surgery and I was praying that it would all be clear. And then after that surgery, she wrote to me and said, well, they said it's not clear and I'm going to have to go back. And I was, you know, kind of upset that my first prayers hadn't worked, but I continued to pray really hard. And then she wrote me back a little while later and said, well, that person made a mistake and it really was clear. Yeah. Just the faithfulness of God. We got some wonderful news this week. So Randy, when he was saved way back when, it was when Mount St. Helens blew. And so when we shared with our kids growing up, oh, yeah, you know, Mount St. Helens blew and your daddy got saved. Oh, you know. So this week, our youngest daughter said that they were talking about mountains with one of our grandsons and talked about Mount St. Helens. And she shared, oh, you know, and that happened to Papa. And even though they've been raised in the church, he's what, not seven, eight? He started asking questions, saved? What's that mean? And asking more and more questions, and the end result, he decided that he needed Jesus, and he prayed, all because his papa got saved. So that was delightful to see God's faithfulness through generations. Anyone else? One more. What do you? What's going on, Jill? You want to share? It's a follow-up to Danita's healing. On Wednesday, I. Uh, went to Bible study at Doris's and also again really great Bible study and uh, I had been diagnosed with an aortal aneurysm um, and in prayer there I never asked people to pray for me but I had to go in on Friday to see the surgeon And when I got there and um, he sat down with me and, and looked at some of the tests, he said, this is not an aortal aneurysm. It's just, you know, the plaque buildup of the aorta, but it's a hernia. And so they are going to do surgery but it's not the big word aorta aneurysm so i attribute all that visit with this surgeon on friday to our bible study prayer group which included other women in this church and i hope they had healing too but pretty incredible Amen.
We've been praying for you at our Bible study too, both y'all. Whoever is sick, we try to do that too. Okay. That's awesome. So uh, there's a meal prepared for you in the back if you stick want to stick around and participate in that. And so um, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to ask Wendy if you'll bless us. Father, I come before you. Thank you for today. Thank you for all the wonderful blessings that you pour out upon us. God, you're so good. And there's no way we could ever just convey our love to you and convey the wonderful gratitude in our hearts toward our brothers and sisters for all that they do for us. But Lord, we just uh, I thank you for allowing me to be a part of this congregation. And I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you pour out your love and demonstrate it in so many ways, uh, particularly through giving your son Jesus for us. May we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance on thee and give thee peace. God bless you. Have a great day. Love some people today and Super Bowl. <laughs>